You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 59. I'm your host, Mike Edwards. And I'm your other host, David Lyons. And it's time for minor greetings and platitudes. (laughs) That was the disappointment. That was your disappointment. (laughs) So I I want to do a deep dive into Twitter's nonsense because we, we get enough of that. But there's this new trend like tweet storming before it where people are like, how can I get more text onto Twitter? (laughs) Because they don't understand the point. So these former Twitter employees, Twitter vets, as they're listed in the article, um, created this thing called one shot. And it's a way to screenshot a part of an article and highlight a specific quote if you want to, and then attach that image to a tweet yeah. so that the people don't actually have to click through and read the article. And if you think I'm being sarcastic, here's a direct quote from the TechCrunch article that I actually read about this story. Today, a number of Twitter users share links to news stories on Twitter along with their commentary opinion. But in order for their Twitter followers to participate in the conversation, they generally have to click through on the link and read the post for themselves. As if that was like a shortcoming. Like, in order to get calories, you have to eat food. Who has the time? Eating is hard. (laughs) So, After all, if you want to share a snippet of text on Twitter, you're limited to 140 characters, which makes tweeting and commenting on news articles difficult. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, You have a link, which already doesn't take up more than like 13 characters because they use a shortener. Yeah. And so you have the usual space for any tweet. To you know, make your point with brevity or get out of my feed. Yeah, and and I feel like you've said this to me before. Like someone tweeting something or retweeting something doesn't necessarily imply I approve of this or I disapprove of this. They're just like circulating information. So I understand that there's a certain level of ambiguity when you can't convey paragraphs and paragraphs of information but that's twitter if you don't like that you don't like twitter <laughs> which is fine just go use google plus or facebook or medium where you can long form post medium by the guy who started twitter i might add <laughs> who saw a need for long form text posts. people want one thing that at any moment does exactly the thing they want to do in that moment so that it'll do everything poorly instead <laughs> of one thing they well. don't think that conclusion is inevitable <laughs> but it is um, I just I hate the uh, the 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 treating readers like this little baby of and maybe it's just a sad fact of humanity I need to come to terms with <laughs> that like reading is hard everyone hates reading I love reading I read so much every single day and when I you know I've seen other sites where like they'll do things like they'll estimate how long an article is to read you know, yeah. Yeah, the, the little timer at the top, like this is a seven minute read or a and, twelve minute read. And like that's that's a little annoying, a little patronizing, but then I've seen worse where they're like there's 
heavy design elements on the website that are indicating how far you've gone, how much you have left to go, and like really distracting animations, like a scroll, like almost like a progress bar that fills across the top. Yeah, you know, like I the first time I encountered that, I was scrolling to the next paragraph, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> and it took it jumped me, right out in front of me. <laughs> it took me out of the article, and I was like, "Why are you doing anything except just scrolling text?" That's all your job is right now. Well, in the the couple of times I've seen that on mobile, I'm like, oh, so where a sentence of the article could have been, there's a stupid little bar telling me how much more of the article is from me. I mean, my my the psychology of reading online treated that like an ad. Like I was like some like motherfucking ad is <laughs> is flying around. <laughs> you know, like those sites were like this little like you know. Um, spirit companion is hovering by your side the whole time you scroll and it's like yeah. hey buddy hey buddy yeah it's, hey. Ve- it's very navvy it's like <laughs> hey keep reading yeah it's your familiar as you go through an article yeah. so it's i'm just i'm angry about that and i really like i feel bad for these guys because i don't want to say i want their product to fail except that they're both rich from their previous endeavors i kind of want this product to fail because <laughs> yeah. like i don't want them to set a trend of this being a successful good idea so and, uh, sorry guys i want you to fail and ours technical writer casey johnston uh tweeted out that she's boycotting one shot because of skeuomorphic because it like when it posts your screenshot it has like little like fake torn paper oh like yeah. graphic That's, over, with the drop shadow that is the the crap icing on the shit cake <laughs> and, wait did you say she's an ars technica writer i think so okay well because i so i see a lot of things you retweet from her in my timeline and after like the 10th awesome like i totally agree with what she just said retweet i was like i'm just gonna follow her yeah she's a the culture editor for ars technica yeah after you just you retweeted a bunch of awesome stuff from her and i was like apparently i need to have more of her (laughs) tweets in my life which i guess is you know one of the things twitter is supposed to do connect you to smart people saying smart things or funny things so Twitter's still terrible. This isn't Twitter's <laughs> fault directly. No, it's, it's is, actually people trying to break Twitter for yeah. what it is. Yeah, no, this is Twitter did a good thing by, you know, being concise and limited and other people are like, nope. Yeah. So I, I want to mention. Yeah, you did a little experiment. I, I did a little. And I think I mentioned this on the show that I was going to try Android Wear. And uh, if I didn't, I tried Android Wear. So uh, I, have a, I have a colleague who has a Moto 360 and. He knew I was interested in it, so he generously let me use it for three days. And uh, that's kind of all you need because it's – you sort of get, you know, after a day of screwing with it and then two days of, like, genuine use. And uh, nope. It's just not there yet with the battery. <laughs> and Is that your only real knock is that it just needs to be multi-day battery? That is the deal breaker. The deal breaker is at the end of the first day – I, I had like none percent. Like I barely made it home from work because I was screwing with it a lot. Yeah. But at the end of the second day, I had like five or 10% at the end of my work day. The end of the third day was the same kind of thing. And I realized I was like, well, if it gets 18 hours for an average person's use, but my use is heavier than that, then I don't really care about someone else's use. I care about how <laughs> yeah. much I use it. Um, and then there were other little things like the, the way you dismiss stuff is not hard, but it's not, it's okay. So like used an Android phone for a long time, you can pull down the shade and say, I don't care just about this one thing. Like that's difficult on Android wear you. So I 
found myself accidentally dismissing every notification. Oh. And then I was like, oh, sh- shit. <laughs> so it was like, well, okay, that probably isn't going like, to And then that pairs with your phone. So it Yeah, so then they're all cleared. Gone, which kind of is like the opposite of what you want. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know about important things and now I know about nothing. Well, that's always the arms race of any notification platform is it needs to fit your life well enough that you aren't tempted to just say, Show's over. Sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, just burn the house down. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, there were a lot of like little polished things, but those I can see getting fixed way faster than battery. So literally halfway through the third day of having the thing, I'm, I'm talking about it with Susan and I kept saying, I was like, Oh, the pebble time. Like it, it's got this like Google now card kind of thing with your your past stuff and your future stuff and then you can like home button to get back to the present. Yeah. And the more I was talking about it, I was like I'm convincing myself to just buy this product. Like I'm I'm going to just and I did. I just took out my phone and I was like I'm going to back bubble time right there now. There you go. So, and then I had another like little stabby <laughs> AMOLED screens, LED screens, you have a lot of stabby moments. <laughs> a lot, a lot of stabby moments. But I was I was walking uh, back from the store yesterday. It was a beautiful, sunny day. It was lovely to be outside. My phone goes off, so I take it out, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just staring at my reflection on yeah. my screen." And then I have to do the like stupid vampire thing, like cover <laughs> my, so I can kind of just look for a second to see it's not an important notification. So the Pebble Time, just like the original Pebble, it's an e-ink screen. This one's color e-ink. Ooh. But it, it's an e-ink screen, so I'll actually be able to read it outside, which is important. Tremendous. Because if I'm going to use it for, like, heads-up notifications, I need to just be able to go, like, oh, okay. And with heavy use, you'll only have to charge it every four or five days. <laughs> yeah. Which is – and I've been saying this two days – they need to market two days. Yeah. Because if, if the Apple Watch and Android Wear watches and all these other smartwatches, if they say two days... You're going to get a day. <laughs> yes, but you're guaranteed to get that day. And that, to me, is the cutoff. I need to get a day, no question, no matter how yeah. heavy I'm using it. If I'm falling asleep, I can charge it. <laughs> right. So they're not there yet. They're just... And they're nowhere close. Yeah, I mean, like I was normal use, not messing with it more than I thought I would on any normal day. At the end of you know my ten hours of being away from home, I had like five percent battery. I was like, oh, so if I'd gone out for a drink or if I went out to dinner or something, I wasn't going to be home for an extra couple hours. It would just be dead. Yeah, it would die before I got home. (laughs) Just nope. Yeah. So sorry. Maybe next year, Android Wear. Does it have like I've read about some, and I think Android Wear has it like some low power modes. If you're like, oh, I mean, I know this doesn't fit your use case. You don't want to have to do this, but it does go into like clock only mode, or it it does it where it'll slowly stop like funk, like it <laughs> goes into a little coma. Starts singing the Daisy song from two thousand one as it <laughs> powers down exactly. <laughs> um, and it, it also like with the three sixty, it has an ambient light sensor. So you can turn that off so that the brightness is set at one level all the time. But there's the threshold there of like, I used to hear that in the early smartphone days of like when battery life was really hard to come by. I'd be like, well, you just have to turn off everything that makes it a smartphone and then it lasts all day. Just turn off network and the screen (laughs) and shut the device down and then leave it at home. Did you quit all your apps and did you, and (laughs) you're just like, what's the point of this device if I can't use it? Exactly. So for someone who's willing to take their watch off in the middle of the day and charge it, 
and for people who if the watch dies they don't mind just wearing it as a bracelet until they get home like that like i'm glad there's those early adopters out there but it's it's too, it's too gen one for me it's too gen one for me to invest two hundred dollars yeah whereas like i you know i used your pebble for a week and i was like oh this this successfully notified me of a thing by buzzing. And the 360 is 249, isn't it? It's even more. I think it's 229. It's uh, over 200. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean there's there's some that are right at 200 and then it just goes up from there. You know, and then if you're an iPhone person 249. Is it 249? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I saw one on sale or something. But if if you're an iPhone person, the cheapest Apple Watch is like 350. Yep. It's like uh I mean, it's neat, and it'll work well with the iPhone because of the vertical integration and blah, 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 blah. But if I have to charge it in the middle of the day, it's just a big bracelet. Yeah, I'll have to find out how that is. So Nintendo made a, this thing that people wanted them to do forever. They're sort of going to do. So <laughs> Nintendo announced, sort of not really. announced a partnership with DNA, D-E-N-A. It's like... Capital, yeah, cap, capital D, yeah. lowercase e. I capital assume that's just supposed to be DNA with like a it is a, a fancy, yeah. actually trademarkable. Name. <laughs> um, they're going to make mobile games with this partnership, and they they assured people they're not just going to port existing games. These are going to be designed for mobile, which is like yay slash I'm worried. Well, and I think <laughs> in the case of Nintendo, you're like no, just port existing games. <laughs> Go into that awesome I mean, back catalog. I don't want to play Super Mario World with touch controls no. because I already have, and yeah. it's terrible. It's so terrible. Um, so, but you know, it poses this question that you put here in the notes. Think of a time when free to play was good. Well, I think it's important to mention because I had never heard of this company. I'm familiar with their products, but yeah. every like free to play, super successful iOS and Android game you've ever seen. It's probably made by this company. Like that is all they do. Yeah, they monetize the experience. <laughs> so that sort of doesn't bode well unless Nintendo's going to be a good like executive producer that's actually involved in steering this to not be douchey. We'll see because they may see the dollar signs and be like, yeah, yeah. being evil has its perks. <laughs> <laughs> Mario does love those coins. <laughs> um, but so yeah, can you think of so what are some games that are free to play that aren't horrible vampires on your life? <laughs> so I have played free to play games and had really bad experiences, but the one really good experience I can speak to personally was this old MMO called Maple Story. So Maple Story was like a simple like 16-bit graphic style 2-bit or uh, 2D side scroller um, you know, action RPG, and it had a ton, ton of stuff you could buy, but it was all nonsense. Like it was yeah. a different hairstyle or a certain color for your armor. Which somehow, like, because it's useless, is less offensive. <laughs> well, because it. My problem with pay to play is when it becomes pay to win. Yeah, and in Maple Store, you can attack other players. Like PvP is a thing, so. You already have to deal with, you know, the 12-year-olds who have no, you know, responsibility in their lives yeah. and their parents are totally disinterested and just let them get up to the maximum level in two days. And then now, eventually, like at first, it, you could only buy garbage and then it was like, oh, well, now you can buy swords. Oh, now you can buy level upgrades. Yeah. So then all you need is one idiot who has like $100 to blow and it's like, oh, now he just wanders around the starter town murdering people who just made new characters. <laughs> Not and these fun. these people exist. <laughs> yes. 
and they're terrible people. And well, so that sucked. The, like that was the cliff. It was like, oh, you could just buy colorful wigs, and oh, now there's just people walking around in God mode all the time, killing everyone <laughs> with colorful wigs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played Candy Crush for a hot minute, and uh, you know, got pretty far, and was determined never to spend a dime on that game, just despite it for being the <laughs> the like, you know, it, it's totally a. Shame that that level was too hard. Oh man, that was what so if, hard. What if you could just spend a dollar and be done with just, it? The pain would go away. Just one dollar, Michael. <laughs> the pain will and go away. And I always forever. said no. And uh, it seemed like the game would realize, like, oh, he hasn't played it for a day or two. We better, we better, you know, throw him a bone <laughs> so that he he comes back. And they, it's like it would suddenly be easy to beat a level that had been impossible for three days in a row. Because that's a game where like you get like three lives and then it's like wait twenty four hours or oh, yeah. Yeah. force your friends into the game or Ugh. buy turns, and I'd just be like, yeah, I can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just go do something like, else. I'll go read one of those articles and that tells me thing, I have twenty minutes left. That's the thing with most of these games is it's not that the game design is bad at, at its core. They're usually some kind of fun mechanic. Candy Crush as a puzzle game is fun to interact with. It's right. satisfying animations. Music gets kind of insanely annoying, but <laughs> it's the, just kidding, we attach this to an arcade machine that's constantly asking for quarters. But, I mean, that's really the analogy that makes some free-to-play not seem as douchey as, you think of it more like an arcade machine. Right. And, like, I don't have a problem with arcade machines charging money. Sure. <laughs> but there are some games that just kind of had the stink about them. It was like, oh yeah, that game eats quarters. It's so unfair. Oh yeah. And then there's games like G.I. Joe or Simpsons or Turtles where you're like, oh, you get like a good, you know, 10 minutes out it's of a quarter. worth your time. Well, and so do you ever play uh, like Angry Birds? Yeah. So I don't know if the original one had it, but some of the later ones had the Mighty Eagle where you could like pay to buy Mighty Eagles and basically a Mighty Eagle was like a guaranteed win on, yeah. on that level. So that was, but the the thing, the flip side of that was like you could just bash your head against the wall over and over, literally bash little birds' heads into the yeah. wall until you beat that level. Like you didn't have to buy them. I mean, the little ads popped so it up. felt it felt like oh, there's actually a way to properly beat this level, like a game designer right. would set up, and not just we set. You know, you have to be an Olympic athlete to finish this race, right? Or buy. <laughs> now, on the flip side, I did play a game called Tiny Tower for a little while. And in the, I mean, they're brilliant. Like, these people are expert Skinner Box developers. Like, at the beginning, it's like, oh, I, you know, spent my $10 or whatever and built a floor of my tower. And now I have to wait five minutes before I have enough money from the people who live in my tower to build another floor. Well, but then the next one, you have to wait like five and a half minutes before you've collected enough money. Yeah. And then you have to wait like seven minutes. And then it gets to the point where it's so long in between turns and you have to keep checking in to like collect revenue from people, but you can't do anything. Uh. You just show up as like a slumlord. <laughs> and then it's like... Pony it up. <laughs> it's like, hey man, you could just sit down and play the game if you just give us five or ten bucks and then we'll give you some coins. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. I'm only good for that deal if it's, I'll pay you five bucks up front for the game right. or 10 bucks. You know, like if it's an amazing game, I'll, I'll spend more. Like I've spent $60 on console games sometimes. Oh yeah. No. And I'm not afraid to pay for an experience. Like that's fine. What I don't like is the bucket with a giant hole in the bottom Yeah, where it's like, you have to pay to continue to play the game. 
I mean, I just this would not work yeah. in any other media. Like, just imagine if you got well, halfway through a movie and they were like, ah, that first half was great. Give us that, another $12. That barely works for MMOs. Well, I mean, it works for MMOs with other people. I mean, for me, like, I'm constantly aware when I'm paying for an MMO, like, I better love this or I'm canceling now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, you know exactly when your renewal date is. So you're like, if I'm not having a great time by the 28th, or I'm I, cutting it off. I blink and it's been two weeks since I signed in. Yeah, I'm going to cancel that. <laughs> um. So I guess just back to Nintendo, worst case scenario, we'll get Candy Crush from Nintendo with Mario characters. Yeah, a little, little Yoshi. Well, actually, they already have that with uh, yeah. Dr. Mario and uh, Yoshi's Cookie. Yeah. And best case scenario, we get like Kingdom Rush from Nintendo. With, Which would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can, Nintendo, you have the power to do this right. <laughs> yeah. Please give me some tower defense that isn't broken by free to play. <laughs> and I mean that's that was going to be my example is Plants for Zombies two is right on the line between like great and oh my god free to play you're going to ruin this it's like towing the line yeah because you don't have to pay to win but man it's close <laughs> yeah and I mean Plants vs Zombies one was a it was lot just of fun. for pay too yeah right? and yeah it was I I happened to get that game as a free Amazon giveaway. fantastic game yeah but it was I then later bought it again for a different system and I was like yeah I'm happy to pay for this it's fun like the developers take my money for this experience and they got acquired by EA pop did and then <sighs> that's right free to play version came out. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is the business model, and maybe this is the dear Brutus, we are, you know, we're to blame <laughs> kind of moment. Because um, people apparently won't pay money for games. So, well, it's. Uh, they'll pay money to in yeah. broken games to keep playing them, but they won't pay up front for games. I, I'm sure this is psychology 101, but we as humans really suck at now expense versus long term gain. Yeah. But we're really good at now expense versus short-term gain, which is why we do things like eat an entire wedding cake in one sitting because we don't <laughs> think about how that's going to negatively affect us in the future. So when you say to someone, you know, give me $15 for this mobile game up front and you'll have this great experience that could last dozens or even hundreds of hours, they're like, well, but what if it doesn't last dozens or hundreds of hours? But if you say to them, give me a dollar and you'll have fun for the next 10 minutes, they're like, a dollar and 10 minutes. I yeah. understand those things. Like even I downloaded the Namco, like the Namco Arcade, whatever. Oh, yeah, the little app, package. Yeah. And they're all arcade machines that cost a certain number, like a dollar for right. a certain number of lives. Or you can buy the machine and it's Ugh. like five bucks for Eternal Galaga. Right. And. I mean, I was trying it out with my Bluetooth controller, and the controls were not snappy enough. <laughs> so I was like, "Nah." Yeah, no. The, you need those kind of games need like those Twitch. You response. need latency to be super nothing. Yeah, but that and I mean that's a th- that's why I try before I spend money on a game. I ask myself like, "Am I actually going to play this?" Because if I'm not, then it's a waste of my money. And if it's a, I, and I don't want to support a business model that I disagree with. Yeah, and I don't want to get invested into a game where the only way to win is to pay money, which I don't want to do. I'd rather just pay up front. Like it's this. Yeah, it basically the end result is I hardly ever play mobile games. But what happens to me constantly when I venture into the the app store and I see like games that look interesting, and then I see offers in app purchases, 
and then that's a huge turnoff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this looks kind of, damn it. And I mean, I, I've made, so I do my due diligence. I look at the in-app purchases, and I see if it's just like 99 gold coins, 1,000 gold coins, yeah. 10,000 gold coins. Yeah, then I'm, you know. Then I go, yeah, you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can go try what? not to oh, drop oh, too oh. many F-bombs <laughs> in this episode. But <laughs> So, Mike, can you tell me about the summons in Final Fantasy? Yeah, so if you've never played a PlayStation 4, or even some of the Super NES ones, but they really kind of hit their stride in Final Fantasy VII, um, you would get these summon monsters, and you would call them into battle to fight for you, and they would do some impressive cinematic animation. So you call Sh- of the round. Yeah, that's the, the most <laughs> epic. But, you know, you call Shiva, and she'd come with her staff and, like, send ice sheets at the enemies and freeze them, and then it'd all blow up and whatever. And... It was always really impressive, and then about you know the second or third time you saw it, you're kind of like, all right, can I skip that? <laughs> so what Which, button skips that? In Final Fantasy VIII, I think you could tell them to be shorter or I think, something. I think in seven you could tell them to be short. Okay. Which mm, I'm not po- – I may be misspeaking. No. Maybe I just got so used to – I think Knights of the Round you had to watch every, every time. <laughs> And I remember, like, Sephiroth, the one of the final battle, he had some spell that, like, destroyed the world or planets. Yeah, meteor. And then when he cast it again, you're like, I uh, thought I thought you already destroyed <laughs> How many times can you do that? Yeah, so in uh, Final Fantasy XV, they're actually bringing back the crazy long visual amazing summon. And it's awesome. <laughs> it really is, but I got to be fair... Is that really what you want selling point of your game to be? Like, look at how beautiful this thing you watch and don't play is. <laughs> Hasn't that been their selling point for a while now? Yeah. It's it's press X to continue. It's it, the, press it, X to continue the game. Didn't really work for 13 though. No. No, <laughs> H- because hallway the game. <laughs> well, the the difference in 13 is 13 was a lot of like the opening to Metroid Other M where it's just like tight close up of a forlorn looking woman's face and sad narration. Like that was all of Final yeah. Fantasy 13 tight close up on a character's face and sad narration. Like, and like, look at this amazing world outside of this glass wall. You can't go to <laughs> see. I made my peace with that in back in Final Fantasy 10 where it's like, yeah, I can see there off a, into the distance, kind of but a lot I can't. Of hallways there yeah. too. It's like I can see the mountains, but I can't but walk to the mountains. But then they rescued you with 12, which was yeah. way open It was MMO single player. <laughs> yeah, 12 to me was the right way to do that. And for some reason, they have not tried again. Yeah. And no other game has copied it that I know of. Like, that worked really well. Go ahead and copy yeah. that. It was I mean, a great mechanic. The Fantasy Star Online games are basically that on PSP because you don't really play online. <laughs> But is the what's is the battle mechanic that no? Live? There, there's none of the the Mac whatever they called the system where you could program <sighs> the higher priorities. Yeah, it was it wasn't macro. It was some weird. It's like a G word. I don't know. Gambits. Gambit system, <laughs> which was just like a nice little intro to programming for some people. <laughs> yeah, and although I did overpower my characters so much that when I got to the final boss, I was able to autoplay. <laughs> like, I just went in. But at least it's a robot you built. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, I built the machine that <laughs> killed the machine using yeah. the machine. It's different than this robot exists and you're watching him. Yeah, exactly. the other machine. So, But th- there's a link in the show notes uh, to this. Is it how do you how do you say it? This summit is it Ramu? 
Ramu. 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 That's what I always say. Kramen. As American he's, as possible. He's, Ramu. Ramu. He's one of the gods of thunder, I guess. I'm not sure yeah. which mythology. He's got his giant old beard, but yeah, it's an it's a seriously impressive animation. It is. It's really beautiful. And then it's the the majesty of it all comes to a crashing end at the end of the clip. Because then the characters are doing their like end battle stupid chit chat. It's just like <laughs> Do you not? Did you not see what just happened? Like a, I just called a god to like aid us in battle, and you're chit chatting. Like the whole like their little surround. They're like in a crater, and it's all like yeah. burnt up, and like there's the coals, yeah. and yeah. then they're just like, "Hey guys, you go, go out for some. You want to get in a car and drive? Because this is weird." <laughs> so, so the moment is just shattered. So uh, yeah, Final Fantasy. So Microsoft. Microsoft is doing stuff. They are doing stuff. They're bringing Cortana, which is their Siri, which is Apple's Google Now. <laughs> <laughs> they're bringing it to Android and iOS. When's Google going to anthropomorphize their voice assistant? <laughs> I really was hoping they were going to stick with the rumors and it was going to be named for the Star Trek computer, uh, which I can't remember her name. But that or Jarvis. If you Jarvis would have been cool. But the so the the computer in Star Trek what about Jeeves, <laughs> no. But because then you'd have to ask Jeeves, and the the That's computer the in joke. Star I know the computer in Star Trek was named for uh, Roddenberry's wife who did the voice. And there was a rumor for a long time that that's what Google Now was going to be called before Google Now was like a thing. And I'll admit that Google Now branding is way more coherent with Google as a brand. But it would be kind of cool. Just like people say, hey, Siri. Yeah. Or like on, on the two people who own Windows phones, they say like, hey, can you say, hey, Cortana? I don't even know. I don't think you they, can. I, I, I feel like there is. Well, I mean, this is Google is a search product, so they want Google to remain the, the iconic. So oh, that's yeah. why it's okay, Google, because it's your Googling. That is a verb in our culture. Yes. So I guess that's why they wouldn't want to dilute that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I it, I totally understand, and it's it feels perfectly natural to say that since <laughs> since we're so used to it. Um, but I do I, like how just now in the podcast we were like Microsoft's going. Eh, let's talk about Google <laughs> <laughs> and just like bully Google and Apple just elbowed them like, out of our topics. <laughs> now I'm uh, I have a mental image of the the browser wars graphic where it's the kids. It's the Chrome kid and the Firefox kid fighting, yeah. and then off to the side is the IE kid just eating paste. <laughs> so, but yeah, so you're right. Microsoft <laughs> is doing stuff, but this is so they're going to bring Cortana over to the other um, mobile OSs. But <laughs> I, I think like there's a very real chance for this to backfire on them because, and I, I'm I have to admit I'm stealing this opinion entirely from Paul Therat. Because he said, like, oh, so let's say you install the Cortana app on your Android device and it works. What incentive do you now have to switch to Windows Phone? Like, yeah, it works fine. You lost your differentiator. Right. There's they, they can't monetize it. There'd be no ads. Maybe Bing's the default search, but you can probably even change that. So, like, what do you, th- this is not a gateway into Windows devices. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's. Thumbs up Microsoft for doing the right thing and trying to be multi-platform and opening up your services, but I'm not sure I understand what the end game is for them because there's no obvious avenue into other Windows services that they can monetize. Yeah. It's just more in their theme of putting their services everywhere. Right, which, which I agree with. That, yeah. that is awesome. So, like, I 
I want them to keep doing this kind of thing, but I also want them to benefit it in a way that encourages them to keep doing it. Yeah. And then the other crazy thing they're doing is Windows 10 is basically going to be a free upgrade for everyone on Earth. Even if you have a non-genuine, their words, yes. <laughs> copy. Yes, which is a very interesting move for them to say like, hey, what if we just let anyone with Windows 7 or higher upgrade to Windows 10 no matter what? So this is even enterprise business customers? Everybody. Okay. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've seen the split of like, oh, consumers won't pay for it anymore. But businesses will, but maybe they're just seeing enough threats from Chromebooks and OS ten and I think this is this is their Or their own past. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants I, to upgrade. I think this is their we need to have some control over the upgrade path. Because think Windows XP they had to, would they extend the the support life on it five times? I think yeah, some ridiculous like additional years of service it got beyond its end of life. Well, think of also like you the future, like where you make money in software now is at a higher level. It's apps and services, right? It's not the OS. You cannot make a living off the OS the way you could in the nineties and two th- early two thousands. Yeah, and so they've had to now. Your job of the OS is not to be sold for its own value, it's to exist everywhere so that people buy <laughs> the icing on top of your OS. Right. And yeah, so icing has a huge profit margin and cake doesn't. Yeah. And so they, they have to move this way because I mean, Apple's been there a few years now. I think it was Mavericks was the first completely free OS 10. And before that it was only like 20 bucks every time Apple yeah, released a new one. It, I think the, Snow Leopard was like a hundred dollars, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's sub three digit price because yeah. it was ninety nine dollars." And then um, Mountain Lion or Lion and Mountain Lion, like twenty bucks. Yeah, we're like in the twenty thirty dollar range somewhere in there. And then with Mavericks, they were just like, oh, "That's free." Yeah, uh, whatever. Because <laughs> they'd rather have everyone add on the new APIs so they can yes. get their developers mobilized to use all the new hotness. And I think Microsoft is is there now. Like, yeah, it's better that people are on the new system than anything else. Yeah. And well, and a lot of their services work just like Apple stuff works best with Apple stuff. You know, a lot of Microsoft stuff works best with Windows. You know, there's APIs that they can hook into and get like deep low level integration. So it makes sense that they would say to the pirates like, you know, hey, you pirated Windows because you wanted to be able to play games. Here's a free copy of Windows. Yeah. Keep using Windows because what's somebody who uses Windows as their main OS going to do? They're going to buy software for Windows, yeah. which means that there has to be developers for Windows, which means they have to like buy developer tools from Microsoft. And it like it's very smart of them to just be like, you know what? We'll forgive your grievances. That's cool. We know you were pirating before, but we appreciate the support. Yeah. It's smart of them to recognize what everyone else figured out already in the industry. <laughs> but I don't feel like... I know hackintoshes are a thing, but I, that's not hurting Apple. People pirating no. OS X is not hurting Apple. People pirating Windows is actually because Apple problem. has never, yeah, no regular consumer with money that could actually buy an Apple product is making a hackintosh. Right? Yeah, those are weird fringe edge. I cases. mean, I, I've known like video editors or some gamers that just want a dual boot that have built them, but it, it's a niche. It's a less than one percent. Right. And when you consider the not ins- that one percent, <laughs> <laughs> when you consider the install base of OS ten anyway, like that's that's not where they make their margins. Their install base is so small anyway. Which I mean, I love my Mac, but 
like I, I read somewhere not that long ago that the install base of all Macs of all kinds is the same as the install base of just Windows 8. Yeah. So it's like, just to put that in perspective, like Windows 8 considered this catastrophic failure and there are only that many Macs total. Yeah. Like that's, you know, if one guy installs OS 10, which was free anyway on his Hackintosh, he still has to buy Apple software and that's what Apple wants. Mm-hmm. They're already giving the OS away. What do they care? Yeah. The, where they made their money was on the hardware well, I think the anyway. S- the struggle too is even if you wanted to argue that the momentum has shifted and like MacBooks are going to take over the world, the re- replacement cycle on PCs like five years it's like as long as a tv or maybe even a car for some people oh yeah it's like i bought that laptop and i'm gonna ride that into the grave oh yeah and how many people have you known who are like yeah the battery in my laptop won't hold a charge anymore but i just use it plugged in yeah it's like no replace it at least replace the battery if you're not gonna replace the whole machine so i i mean in i think we found that ipads are the same way people buy them once every four or five years or it's going to be more like a computer replacement cycle whereas phones and maybe this is because of our screwed up contract system in the u.s people replace those like every two years i mean i think in reality it's mostly cultural like there's Phones, because of the two-year contract thing, like we got into the habit of upgrading our phones really regularly. Yeah, and not so much with computers. And to be fair, like the early days of smartphones, they advanced so quickly that you did feel the pain. Oh, Whereas yes. this this MacBook is two years old, and I, it's awesome. I, I tried yeah. one that was made a week ago in our office, and I couldn't tell the difference other yeah. than that it was like a little bit cleaner, a little less scuffed on the outside. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> otherwise, this looks and functions like gangbusters. It's great. <laughs> and actually, I won't name this person, but I know someone who was just talking to me about the tablet devices they use. It's not a particularly tech savvy individual, and they were saying, you know, oh, I've used like these Samsung devices, and I've used these Windows devices. And and they just the only thing I really have that has worked well for me is these Apple devices. I have an iPad too, and I love it. And in, I was talking to this person on the phone, and inside I was like, Ugh, "It's like a 2010. It's so old. Like, how do you deal?" But that I mean, that's like that pulls me out of my techie mindset, where I'm like, "Oh, for the it boots up, it works. The software they want to use yeah. works. Like, why would they upgrade to another eight hundred dollar device when that one works fine? Yeah, like that's how most people really that's, see that's these pretty devices. Retina. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh my god, like I, I was <laughs> like an animal, <laughs> flabbergasted. But again, you know, it's a nice reminder of like that's how most people see technology. You know, yeah. I, I always want the newest, latest, and greatest hotness, but. But you don't you don't sit every like six months going, man. I need a new microwave. Oh man, no. I want that new microwave. <laughs> the one I have is a thousand watts, but this one is eleven hundred. <laughs> Shave five seconds off heating up I my can coffee. Charge my iPhone. Wait, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, people so, are dumb. So we actually have. We'll see how far we get. We have two other major <laughs> topics, but I just wanted to say a little bit about USB C since we brought it up because of the new MacBook uh, discussion and the the new Chrome Pixel Chromebook Pixel Chromebook Pixel um, has two USB C ports, proving that you can have more than one. Um, <laughs> Take that, Apple. <laughs> um, so, if you've and this is going to nerd out a little bit about like connectors and in the future of ports, but do you feel like this show is appropriate for that? I don't know. I think we've got a lot of like frat boy <laughs> listeners, um, dude bros. Yeah, 
Um, USB-C, the new connector for USB, replacing all previous connectors, I hope, as fast as possible. <laughs> um, so, I mean, on, on its face, we said this last time, that uh, it's a better connector because it's reversible, meaning you don't have to think about whether it's right side up or not, which if you've ever used USB, you have failed at that. Yes. It's, it's what is it, the, the like Schrodinger's cat Of a superposition. Like, until you yeah. observe both ways, you don't discover the way it's supposed to go in. Yeah, it's uh, insert, it doesn't work, flip it, it doesn't work, flip it, it works. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it only has two sides. How could they take three flips? <laughs> Or more. Like, it should never take um, more than one. That alone is enough to, like, be like, yay, you finally caught up with 20 years of you should have done it right in the first place. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm not going to be bitter about the past. Let's move on. We have a good connector. But that's only one of the cool things about it. And I, I have linked to an article by, I think it's Paul Miller. He used to write for The Verge. Um, he, he gathered a whole bunch of wisdom from the internet through through the Twitters and, and reading about USB-C. And the, the big deal here is two-way power. So, Which I, I did not know this was a problem with USB. Yeah, so prob- USB traditionally has been strictly host slave. Right. So, you know, you're. Which comp- is big end is always the host. Yeah. Small end is always the slave. And even though there's some USB cables that are big end on both sides. It's not common. Yeah, it's not common and it's still host slave. So in, in practice, that means your computer can charge your phone. And while this doesn't make sense in this example, your phone literally cannot send any power to the computer. Yes, even if you had a phone with a giant mega battery, you cannot yeah. send power the other way. So And so on your traditional laptop, you can't get a giant battery and plug it into your laptop and charge your laptop. Right. The laptop would try to charge the battery. Um. With these new, the new MacBook and the new Chromebook Pixel, you could get a giant battery that's not proprietary, not from Apple or Google or some authorized third party. Hook it up over USB C and charge your laptop from it. Yes, which is amazing because then you can get like you have a, I think a twelve thousand milliamp hour battery, and it's like the size of a couple decks of cards. Or like an eyeglass case. It's not big. Yeah. But you could get like maybe half a laptop charge or full tablet charge or several phone charges off of it. The other big deal is USB-C can carry up to 100 watts, which is in the mobile world is way more than you need, <laughs> which is awesome. So even though like the beefiest MacBook Pro like with a full GPU, like even before they went with mobile, like super mobile chipsets, um, 60 watt is the charger that comes with it. Yeah. And that's the big They might have had that's the dump truck. They the might have heavy. had some 85 watts in the past, but No, they did, but those have been phased out. Yeah. And the trend is downward on that. So 100 watts seems pretty safe for a long time on on charging most things. And then and the new MacBook comes with a 29 watt charger. So USB-C Which, Isn't it <laughs> Yeah, isn't an iPad 35? I think it's 15. Is it 15? Yeah. Okay. But okay, so but that means the now the the workhorse laptop is only twice as much as the yeah. super mobile friendly device. Like they're yeah. rapidly converging. Yeah, and I mean that's a, an argument for another day that uh, uh, Intel may get smaller faster than ARM can scale up to desktop performance. <laughs> yeah, that that is an interesting battle to watch because Intel. Everyone was like, oh, no, they're never going to be able to get power efficient as quickly as ARM. And then Intel was just like, you know, we're a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Like, yeah. we have really smart engineers. And we're coming for to you. To put this into perspective, the, the new MacBook's entire system on a chip motherboard thing 
is smaller than a Raspberry Pi. Yes. Yeah, the entire way more guts. powerful. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I I know the during like the Apple keynote when you see the explodey engineering thing, which I love those <laughs> so much. Like it's so gadget porn to me because like the slow motion of like a shiny screen and the aluminium. I'm like, I whatever, I don't care. But when it does the the device explodes and all the screws open up and everything, I'm like, yes, that's so cool. <laughs> it's like the John Woo <laughs> slow mo. It is. A dove flies out in oh, front. I love it so much. It's just motorcycle. It's, <laughs> <laughs> now I want you to start making all the Mission Apple impossible. videos. But it's the the board is so. So yeah. like foolishly small, like we're going to get to the point where the inside of the device is like your thumbnail and then just all battery. Yeah. Um, the last amazing point on this, which we, I think we didn't say as clearly in the last few minutes, there will no longer have to be official power supplies. Right. Cause USB is the standard. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe on Windows machines, well, I don't know. It's pretty much been a bane of laptop existences. You got to buy oh, just everybody, but you know, even even Apple's MacBook, right? It's just USB. Yeah, plug anything you want. Well, and this has been a huge. I know you crazy iPhone people with your <laughs> proprietary connectors, but for the rest of us out here in Android land, and I think Windows Phone also uses micro USB. So that means like I can not carry a charger with me if I'm going to a friend's house. Because there's a really good chance they have a micro USB charger, either for their camera yeah. or their phone or their tablet or something, and any of them will work. Yeah, they, they all work. Do you, so. Do we hope this is the last connector before wireless? All the things like Blu-ray should be the last movie format before stream. All the things. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be what I would like. Wireless charging. It, yeah, what I would like is wireless charging, but. I would like to see because USB C is is pretty small. Um, and of course, in all the press shots, it looks gigantic because it's a yeah. macro. But no, it, it's impressively yeah, small. In reality, it's about the size of a micro USB port, which is pretty damn small. Sm- importantly, it's small enough for a mobile device. Yeah, which means your laptop and your phone and your tablet and your watch and your smart pendant. Which I have to pause <laughs> to say, not only did the standards body, whoever designed the connectors, fail with USB A, the original connector. But every single time they've shrunk it down for smaller devices, it's still not reversible. Right. So mini and micro, both not reversible. Why? (laughs) I want to believe there's a good engineering reason for that, but I can't come up with one. Now, to be fair, at least the smaller ones aren't visually symmetrical. Right. Yeah, it's obvious (laughs) that it's Yeah, at least it's more obvious, but man. (laughs) (laughs) So with USB-C... What I would like to s- – <laughs> <laughs> You didn't even say it. I couldn't do it. What it would – it would be nice if they continue to advance the standard but stick with this port until they have wireless all the things. And I say that because a lot of people probably don't realize that the USB-A, you know, the normal what we think of as USB, that there was USB-1 – and then there was USB 2, which had a very enduring life. And now, more recently, we've had USB 3, but the port never changed. So the important thing there is that it was always backwards compatible. Yeah. I can take a USB 1 thumb drive that I got as a giveaway at a conference and just cram it into a USB 3 port, and it will work fine. Yeah. Um, so with USB-C, it would be nice if they stuck with the port shape 
until we're wireless. Like this is good. This one's reversible. Yeah. It's tiny. Stick it out yeah. until we're wireless. And that way when it's, you know, USB five and it's a hundred petabytes a second or whatever yeah. crazy throughput, it'll still be the same. You know, my current ones will work. The other footnote to this is USB three already brought like five gig theoretical peak transfer speeds, yeah. which is nice. Um, the USB-C ushers in 3.1, right. which I think doubles that. 10. Oh, yeah. 10 times? No, it's 10. 10 gigabits oh, yeah. per so second. So it doubles it's doubled. It. Yeah, 10 gigabits per second is like really fast. Yeah. Like it's like that's Thunderbolt competitive is, now. Is that Thunderbolt 2? It's 10? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot more USB devices than there are Thunderbolt devices until you get into like pro But equipment. I'm also thinking like you want to have a... Uh, you know, a 1440p monitor attached to your laptop, that's a lot of bandwidth right there. Yes. Or, you know, like a 5K monitor. I don't even know if that'll work over 10 gig per second. I forget uh, the math on it. but A it's, 5K will work over 10 gig, not 5, I okay. think. But it's, it's a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> it's a lot. You gotta, it's a lot of pixels. It's a lot of pixels to drive. And there's, this is, I think there'll probably be some issue with this because when you have identical connectors and everything looks like it should work together then somebody's gonna plug you know a tablet into a 5k display and it's not gonna work and they're gonna be like well why the plug fits why isn't it working it works (laughs) on this other monitor is the monitor broken and it's gonna be like no the device literally can't drive these devices to be smart enough to say yeah have a message back to 1080 or or at least pop up a message and say, I can't drive this. I mean, I've had that where I plug the <laughs> iPad into something that can't offer enough charge. Oh, and it tells it, you? It, yeah, and it, it, in the top right where it would normally show that it was charging, it says not charging. Oh. Just to indicate you're not actually getting enough power. That's a nice little touch. I don't know if Android doesn't do that or if I've just never run into it, but I don't think Android does that. I mean, it happens in the because I have a USB on my car stereo, mm. and it definitely does not provide 15 watts. Yeah, and I'll, I I know I can charge my phone off my car stereo. I'll have to try it with unless my tablet. you're using GPS and it's like treading water. Yeah, like, uh, uh. that's always it's funny to see like charging, uh, dropping, charging, <laughs> dropping. So I don't know if we have time for Neptune Suite. You want to try to squeeze it in? Um, well, there's a couple other things with USB-C, so you want to, let's put a bow on that and then Neptune can be, Neptune can be episode What is Neptune? You'll have to listen next time. (laughs) Exactly. What gift will I buy my aunt? Will I ever find it? It's just the best sketch comedy (laughs) bit ever. So another thing with USB-C that's, because I think we do a lot of security panic corner on this show. Yeah. And, uh, USB-C is not just power, it's also data and it's, a lot of data, you know, 3.1 is up to 10 gigabits per second ideal throughput, which means if you hook up to a stranger's USB-C, they may be very rapidly harvesting data from your device. Yeah. So they actually make a thing to deal with this on USB-A, which I kid you not, this thing really exists and this is really what it's called, a USB condom. Yeah. So what that does is it blocks the pins that allow data and it only allows the pins for power. And there's some, again, this, this is beyond my engineering knowledge, but there's some debate about whether USB-C would even allow that. Yeah. If the pins are that. Yeah. That if there's that much flexibility in it. The other thing I've seen is like, if I hook my iPhone up to a new PC, a random PC, um, 
a message pops up on my phone that says, do you trust this device? Right. And I can say don't trust and still charge off it. And right. I wonder if there's, I mean, I get it if there's a, like a zero day or some kind of exploit, that's not really going to save you. But yeah. And I mean, I want to see something. <laughs> I want to see both. I want to yeah. see software level solutions where I decide if it's even an option yeah. and I want to see hardware level solutions. So it's, I can have a cable just for using in the airport, you know, yeah. where I'm plugging into somebody else's sketchy port and I, I just want to be sure. It's kind of creepy how much the the virus and other um, other like metaphors for computer stuff actually applies like biological systems in these situations. Oh, I'm, I like, can't com- imagine there's any other reason they came up with those yeah, words. No, it's just... I don't know. You sit back and you go, yeah, it makes so much sense. Like calling in a USB condom makes sense because you will get a disease yeah. from some USB ports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, this the, I don't know how often this has actually happened, but the story is somebody goes into like an airport or a bus terminal or a Starbucks or someplace where they have one of those like charger device little terminals where it's got like 50 different connectors, which hopefully soon will just all be USB C connectors. And someone has, put in like a little Raspberry Pi or some low power device that is talking to those cables and it harvests data when you connect to them. I mean, it, it's very much just like you need to be careful on public Wi-Fi because you don't know whose network that is and what they're doing. Yeah. So I, that's why I want like a multi-tiered solution. Like I want to know that at the software level, I can say, hey, I'm about to plug in power only. Okay. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what it requests or asks for, <laughs> I'm saying... Power only. Yeah. And then if people are going to be jerky and they're like, oh, well, we want to be able to harvest data or serve you ads while you're on our network. It's like, well, then I guess I'm not going to use your thing. Yeah. Like when Marriott or any other hotel chain, like they insert ads like on your web. Well, then I'm just going to go for it. There's no way that isn't a security yeah. breach. <laughs> it, it always is. It oh, Every one of those things, you end up with like some hotel, everybody gets rickrolled. Because one guy is like, oh, look, they're inserting ads, which means this JavaScript is, you know, corruptible and I can get yeah. on everybody's machine. It's just, ugh. That's, that's, I love that kind of trolling though, because it's like, <laughs> look at this dumb thing you're doing. I'm not actually hurting people, but look at this dumb thing you're doing. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like White Hat calling attention to it. Yeah. So there's another article we linked to in the show notes. Um, where's the title here? Because it's something really ominous. The NSA is going to love these USB-C charging cables. Yeah. And it's for, you know, exactly what, what I was just describing. It's people are rightfully so a little worried that anywhere in public is going to be this big, risky, huge amount, huge amounts yeah, the, of data. The honeypot, like. Right. A Starbucks or an airport or whatever. So I, I don't. I want people to do the right thing and find ways to make this secure. I don't want the panic patrol to come in and be like, no, let's go back to the terrible non-reversible USB, the old standby that we know is safe. And here's my point. Why would the NSA go through the pain of like putting infrastructure in place for USB hacking people when people use passwords like baseball? (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to work that hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Co-opting an airport charging station is not the lowest hanging. You've already given them everything. (laughs) So you're not going to get a new MacBook, are you? No. You're going to buy a Pixel? No. Okay. So I wonder, 
I'm very happy that these two very high-profile devices are embracing this standard. How long do you think before it'll hit a mobile device? This year? I bet some Android device will ship with it. Yeah. As soon as, yeah, as soon as it's probably this fall. So the Nexus 6 is the current newest Nexus phone. The Nexus 7 is the current newest (laughs) Nexus tablet. I really wonder what they're going to name the next Nexus phone. They haven't updated the 7 for a couple years, though, have they? Uh, they Yeah, two years. They released the new 9 this past fall. Yeah. Which was the only, the first 9, because it was just... Yeah, it's just the... Well, and the Nexus 7, they did what Apple does. So there was the 2012 Nexus 7... And, and, then, and then the 2013 Nexus 7, but they're still just the Nexus 7. Maybe it'll just be a phone that's tablet-sized. What? Well, <laughs> yeah. A Galaxy Note. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm because with the phones, they had the Nexus 4, four-inch screen. The Nexus 5, five-inch screen. Nexus 6, 5.9-inch screen. <laughs> like, so are they just going to – they're going to have to break that convention yeah. or they, they're going to have a tablet-sized phone. Or it'll just be Nexus 6 2015. <laughs> that would make way more sense to me. And then it would be in line with the tablet naming convention. And I also think the kind of people who care about that know the difference. And the people who don't care are so far removed that they're not confused by it. They don't, they don't, they even don't know. buy Nexus phones. <laughs> yeah, there's that. It's I don't uh, – whatever. All right. So, yep. no, there there is this one last oh, thing. Oh, okay. That's oh, right. Oh, Yes. So and this, I think it's good to have this at the end. That's why I put it on, mm-hmm. on the end. So it's your moment of zen. It is my, it's, 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 Thank you. This is my here. It is your moment of Mortal Kombat. So there's this video we linked to uh, from YouTube, um, and I'll, I'll give you a little quick overview of it. It's only about thirty seconds. It's a new Mortal Kombat game, Mortal Kombat X. Two characters are fighting, and then all of a sudden, one guy's head explodes. Just like middle of the fight, head explodes, <laughs> and then. I love the way it just smash cuts to the developers and he's like, quitality. And the other two guys, you know, they're playing along. They're just like, quitality. And he's like, that's what happens when you quit our game. So if you're in the middle of an online match and you're getting your ass handed to you and you rage quit, you die horribly. Yeah. The other character, you know, the other player gets to like enjoy your pathetic attempt to get out of the game. And I imagine that probably goes on your record. You can save yeah. the replay. So I am you can, all in favor of this. Yeah, you can shame those people and be like, ah, you know, X killer XX underscore XX. You know, 20 times he quit out on me and I captured all the replays. And when you showed that to me the other day, I couldn't help but immediately think of sports games when they first went online. Because, you know, if you're playing a full game of baseball or four quarters of football and like you get down two or three touchdowns right off the bat. People rage quit oh, fast. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I'm not going to play. Because yeah, they don't want it to sucks. affect their record. Because if you play well, people don't want to play you. Right. And so I love these software strategies to like shame people and yeah, put it on their record and make it really obvious. Like um, I've brought up Counter-Strike in the past of like if you play competitive and you bail on a match, which screws your team over, which pisses everyone off because now you're playing against a bot, which <laughs> is not nearly as fun. Um yeah, you can't join a new competitive game for half an hour. And if you do it again, it's like half a day. Right. If you do it again, it's a week before you can play. And eventually it'll just be it's like... like it's exponential growth. Yeah, and it's just very quick escalating penalties. And yeah, you can go into the public matches, but those are like 10 on 10 crazy insanity like practice. Right. And the competitive is like tight 5 on 5 
really fun. Yeah, you want those people to actually be engaged. Yeah. Well, and I remember when I first got Rockman 2, I played a few songs online, and I didn't have any friends who had it, so I was being randomly matched. And you can play verses where it's like, I'm playing the guitar part, you're playing the guitar part, we're trying to see who can guitar better. Yeah. But you can also play cooperatively. The number of people who rage quit on me when we were playing cooperatively, I was like, do you not understand how this game works? Yeah. You'll never get better if you don't finish the song. Like, yeah, we're two bars in and you're playing terribly. Just keep playing. Yeah. Just play the song. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not laughing at you over here. I just want to play the song. Like, I'm on bass, you're on guitar. I'm, it's, yeah. When people are anonymous, they behave worse than normal. <laughs> well, but it just like, they're only punishing themselves. But if, they, if there was like a webcam on and you had to like meet each other before, <laughs> there would be way less of this because you they just would. you would just have that like, oh, I saw him. Yeah, I mean, there'd still be some of that. I would. I'd make eye contact. I'd do like the turn it in <laughs> plagiarism pledge. I'd be like, are you going to finish this song? Say I, Michael Edwards, am <laughs> going to finish this song. <laughs> then we can start playing. Yeah, that would be. It would take a lot of the fun out of gaming, but people would rage quit less. <laughs> All right, shall we? We shall. All right. Thank you for listening to Flipping Tables number 59. A few notes for the end of our episode. Um, All these articles we talked about and videos and all that will be in our show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 59. So check out those show notes. Um, If there's anything we said that was wrong or right or in between, uh, we love feedback, so tweet at us. So I'm I'm Mike on Twitter at Medwards Music is my username, and you're... Lions in Beta. Um, if you're just checking this episode out on the web, you should subscribe. Subscribing means you'll get new episodes automatically to your mobile device. So um, just head to any of our episode or, you know, on our website, and there's an iTunes or an RSS button, and just tap that on your phone. And uh, if you need uh, an idea of what app to use... Um, What's the Android app you use? Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast is, awesome. is great. It's also on iOS, or um, I, I like Overcast.fm on iOS is another great one. Um, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Um, while you're at it, while you're in iTunes looking at our, our shows, you might as well rate and review us. Um, it's really important to get some ratings, so that's good stuff. Um, if you're into directly supporting people that make amazing stuff like us, uh, you can head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And uh, you can actually donate us. And there's some cool rewards like getting named in our podcast. If you donate um, at one of our higher levels, we will actually call you out like right, right now. Special thanks to Bruce Edwards, Matt Mariner, and Sean Byrne for supporting us. We love you guys so much. And yeah. we would love to love more of you. Yeah, we've got a lot of love to give. So <laughs> help us out. Uh, all right, that's it. See you next week. <laughs>